Before we get started, a quick disclosure. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Nothing you hear is an offer or a solicitation to buy or sell any investment. And with that, hello and welcome to the Range of Capital podcast. This is a 15-minute long podcast, and the clock starts now. I'm Andrew Walker, Portfolio Manager at Rangely. With me, as always, my co-host and Rangely's founder, Chris Demuth. It is Tuesday, June 7th, and today we're going to kick things off by providing an update on the Tribune-Gannett drama, and then we're going to turn to some updated thoughts on politics, since we haven't mentioned that in a while. Uh, so, Chris, let's start with Tribune-Gannett. Uh, as a reminder to our listeners, we last mentioned them on our April 26th podcast, right after Gannett had launched their bear hug offer for Tribune. Uh, a lot has happened since then, so why don't you just kind of dive right into it? Well, Gannett, the bear hugger, mm-hmm. has raised its offer from $12.25 to $15 per share Yep. Uh, on offense. On defense, I would say it's probably one of the most novel and I think quite likely effective defenses I've seen. Agreed. They called the offer inadequate, as they tend to, uh, and uh, found a minority investor to come in nominally at $15 a share, but $15 with an asterisk, uh, with uh, an investment of 13% of the company, which is, for all intents and purposes, uh, at least negative control. Yep. So, uh, Tribune's chairman, Michael Farrow, he bought about 17% of the company. And this is from memory. I could be off by a percent or two. He bought about 17% of the company in the low eights mm-hmm. and a direct investment into the company back in February. And then by selling 13% of the company at about $15 per share to a friend of his, he's got 30%, which is kind of effectively control in this situation. Go ahead. Yeah, I would say that, and I'll just mention this as an aside since we are talking about politics later, that there's a statistical reality that you think about control as 51%, but if you have even what sounds nominally like a small percentage, 10 to 15, the amount of unanimity required from the rest mm-hmm. means you have an enormous amount of influence in the outcome. And, and especially as management, because the rules for proxy fights, battles, everything is so heavily pushed in the management's favor, having 30% is enough. I know, and it depends very much on the state. This is kind of an aside, but we've looked at companies where management controls 20% and we've thought, hey, these guys aren't the best management team for this company. Is there a way to remove them? And a lot of times our advisors will come back and say, say management controls 20%, that's effectively control. You guys don't have a chance. They're the referee and they're your opponent. So as things go back and forth, if for even a second they have the conclusion that they like, it's over. And and the other thing, and we'll have to turn back to Connect uh, Tribune in a second, but the other thing for kind of would-be activists is if management controls 20% and it's their job, their one thing in life is kind of keeping control of the company. If you're a would-be activist, like in this case, Oak Tree, Oak Tree's got hundreds of investments, billions of dollars invested in other companies. This isn't their pure focus, while for management it is. So management's willing to go the distance that other people kind of aren't willing to go. I would say that uh, the activist here, the number two uh, holder, mm-hmm. um, is one that I should say I have a lot of admiration for. I think they're serious, rational uh, investors. But it's easy to look like you're serious and rational to me when it is a single-digit percentage of your portfolio. Mm-hmm. Uh, frequently, when managements do things that 
appear to me to be inane, it's because they have 100 or maybe even greater than 100% net of their economic investment, their jobs, in this one thing. It's all the imbe- It's their investment, it's their job, it's their sole income source, and it's their ego, all tied into one. Yep. Um, for example, on hedging, managements are epically poor at hedging oil and gold and other things, but it's because they are inherently, by investor standards, oversized in this one business. Yep. Uh, anyway, so, anyway, uh, Tribune sells 13% of the company to uh, a kind of friend of the board, at $15 per share. Gannett and Tribune's own shareholders have been arguing this is a sweet, a sweetheart deal that entrenches a management team who does not want to sell. And uh, in turn, Tribune's management team has said, hey, look, Gannett wants to buy us, buy us out. We've got investors who will invest in us at $15 per share. Gannett would be buying us. They need to pay a control premium on top of that. Uh, and we've also heard some news sources that have quoted Pharaoh as saying that he'll only engage in a sales process if he quote, personally gets a piece of the action. So clearly he's entrenched. He wants to manage this company. He's got a vision that does not involve selling to Connect. And I think shareholders are frustrated. Uh, Yes, and I think with good reason. Um, I would say that some of management statements to me are a bit trite. Like everything you have to look a little bit beneath the surface. It's not really a $15 price that the uh, new shareholders paying. It's really net of what they're paying and what they're getting. It's more like 14 Yep, yep. Uh, yeah, so shareholders are clearly frustrated, especially kind of with the asterisks that come with the deal. At their annual meeting last week, uh, Tribune shareholders withheld 40% of their vote from the board. Yep. But then once you exclude kind of the chairman's stock, it rises to over 50% of shareholders voted against or withheld votes from directors. And that is just an unbelievable amount for a non-contested election. Uh, it, it should be super embarrassing for any company to kind of see that amount. Go ahead. I think shame is generally useless. I would feel such shame I would quit. If the people I was working for mostly didn't want me, I would just leave. Yeah. But frankly, the people who are willing to do the things that make people that pissed off at them don't care at all. And, and the news reports we've heard has, before this vote, Gannett kind of thought, oh, there's nothing we can do. It's just too, they're too entrenched. And shareholders so overwhelmingly voted against the board. Gannett's kind of staying in because they mm-hmm. think there's a path just based on this. Uh, but Chris, I think Tribune's management, based on everything we've talked about so far, they look increasingly disconnected from shareholders. Go yeah, ahead. They, they look weird, I would say. Uh, they, they, they put out a press release explaining their future that I think was the single worst press release I've ever read, mm-hmm. ever. Uh, they uh, have a new... Uh, logo that they actually apparently designed themselves. Uh, <laughs> or based on the Nickelodeon 1990s <laughs> logo, one of the font. two. Yep. Uh, they, had, uh, they have this new um, a strategy around technology. They talked about technology nine separate times in one press release. At a company that puts ink on paper. It's a newspaper yeah. company, not, not nothing to be ashamed of, but trying to turn it into a tech company. Correct me if I'm wrong because I read it a couple days ago, but I believe the press release describes themselves as like a deep learning AI company. And it's like, well, you can do that on the digital side, I suppose, but your real business is printing print print newspapers. But uh, the, the big news, though, is that they changed their name to Tronk. Yeah, Tronk, and and it is a funny, ridiculous name. And I've actually been doing a little work on why it's such a ridiculous name. Um, a Tronk is a plosive. And a plosive, uh, the funniest words all start with explosive sounds. It's P, B's, T's, D's, and K's, and G's. So, like, harsh, 
consonants, short words like that are comedic words and it generally sounds silly. Tronk definitely qualifies. Yep, so in addition to ridiculous names, ridiculous new logos, they also, they've got this offer to buy to buy the company and they just paid a big relocation package to their CEO to move him to LA, which is kind of strange because their headquarters in Chicago. So it's just increasingly clear that the management team here is trying to entrench themselves. They don't care what shareholders think and they're disconnected from shareholders. Yeah. And I I think the big issue here is shareholders really don't have too much recourse. Yeah, you know, you always have to be careful with billionaires and their hobbies. They can be very non-economic, and newspapers are getting to be in that category of kind of Tribeca restaurants, Broadway shows, (laughs) and sports teams, Mm -hmm. that if you are a lowly, uh, rational, self-seeking, economic-oriented investor, uh, you can really get goofy. You don't want to be across the street competing against Robert De Niro's restaurant because he's doing it for fun. Uh, Tribune management, uh, they seem, by the standards of somebody rational, to be inane. They're not inane. They're just having fun. Yeah, they they have their ego invested in running this newspaper media empire, and they don't care if the Gannett bid's higher than they'll ever get. Uh, on the shareholders not really having any recourse at this point, Pharaoh and friends control almost 30% of the stock. As we mentioned, that's kind of control. A lot of shareholders, they're trying to sue the company for all sorts of things, reverse the sale of the stock to the management's friends. They're even trying to reverse Pharaoh's purchase of the shares back in February. But it kind of seems a long shot. And without those, shareholders can nominate new directors next February, but they're probably going to lose because management controls so much. Uh, the only thing that might work is if Connect slightly bumps their offer and the board turns it down unanimously or something, you can kind of maybe sue them saying they didn't form an independent committee, so they breached their fiduciary duties, but it looks like an increasing long shot. There's no one legal theory that I am wed to that sounds convincing. Uh, it'll be clear, I'll mention in the disclosures, I'm actually a long Tribune, uh, have been for a little while, it's worked out okay so far. I would say that maybe net sometimes just truth outs and things work out as yeah. they should. Pretty thin rule though. I would just say quickly, because we're going to have to turn to politics, uh, this this whole drama has some really interesting parallels to Jack Specific back in 2011, mm-hmm. 2012. Oaktree, the company here that has been telling Gannett, hey, sell yourselves or your second largest shareholder, actually offered to buy Jack Specific for $20 per share. Jack's turned to the same friend of the Tribune board and had them uh, form a JV that kept them public and shares now trade for seven dollars and fifty cents and that's an interesting level because that's probably where tribune's going if they don't figure out a way to sell themselves to connect it was uh a great oblot opportunity for anybody who got (laughs) to suck out 99 shares at twenty dollars i did this for kids account and recommended for friends because they got to invest in a fairy and toy company (laughs) and uh, make some profit too great so uh i think that wraps it up on tribune gannett tronk everything so why don't we turn our attention to politics from trunk Uh, to trunk from trunk to Trump. We haven't mentioned politics since our April 19th uh, podcast, Can Facebook Stop Trump? Uh, the AP called the Democratic race for Hillary Clinton last night, so we can finally start thinking Trump versus Hillary. So uh, why don't you provide your updated thoughts, Chris? Both parties have found the only person in America who could conceivably lose to the other party's nominee. It, is going, it might be the two least likable candidates of all time who are running against it, each it other. It is just, just uh, by far the lowest upside down, the biggest upside down, the lowest favorable uh, compared to unfavorable of any in the modern era. And we've kind of been, we and just about every political commentator have been well off thinking that we all thought Trump was going to be eliminated months and months ago. And I think one of the things that surprised us was 
rational voters would look a step ahead and say, when I'm voting for a candidate, am I voting for a candidate who has a shot of winning the general election? And particularly with Trump, you were voting for someone who probably doesn't have much of a shot. Almost any Republican outside of maybe Ted Cruz would have been a better choice for running against a Democrat. And people just didn't care. They, they wanted Trump and they voted for Trump. Go ahead. Uh, when I was a child, my whole vision of what adulthood would be like was just getting to do stuff you wanted to do. Then when I got to be an adult, you realize you're constrained by reality. Reality mm-hmm. comes in and forces you to do things that make sense because you're an adult with responsibilities. Yep. And so thinking one step ahead seems to be in the category of stuff you have to do if you're a public policy consumer. But um, I think uh, I missed this. Uh, I think that my favorite mea culpa from uh, Nate Silver in terms of going through what one could have missed um, just had the parts the media was worse than expected mm-hmm. in un- unmasking him earlier. Uh, secondly, the Republican Party as a party was weaker than expected. Um, and thirdly, America is more of a tribal place than I certainly ever hoped for, but understood it to be in the 21st century. And I want to dive into both those parts. Uh, you know, Trump's kind of been gaining on Hillary on the polls a little bit recently, and we can discuss whether that's yeah. really not. But the thing that's really surprised me is how quick, you know, a month ago there was the Never Trump movement, and it didn't seem like a, lot, a large swath of the Republican base would support Trump. And almost as soon as he clinched the nomination, within within days, it seems all of that went away. And it's really surprised me both how quickly they've coalesced around Trump, and it's showed me how divided into red-blue the nation is. It doesn't matter what they support, I'm just red or blue. In, in the 1970s, some of the uh, Scoop Jackson pro-national defense Democrats uh, kind of left the Democratic Party, went over to Reagan, and the two or three of them said, this isn't the leadership, this is the membership. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I would say that uh, you're speaking to the Never Trump movement movement right now. I'm not its leadership. I'm its membership at this point. <laughs> well, I, I am certainly in the Never Trump movement with you, and I, I guess this podcast will be canceled <laughs> if uh, President Trump is elected, because he sure won't let us talk like this about him anymore. Uh, so let's see. Any other thoughts? I, I think one thought we've had is Joe Biden has to be kicking himself. He didn't run, given how weak kind of Hillary Clinton's campaign turned out. If, if there's something you think you might win, and it's a good gamble, and you might just be right, go for it. Don't be overly tactical. Some of the worst tactics in recent political history have been the people being overthinking the nomination process. Uh, Plenty when he dropped out versus Romney, they needed a Plenty later. A uh, Biden when he dropped out versus Clinton, they needed a Biden later. Those roles were available. They could have just played themselves and won. Um, but I would say that this race is not nearly as close as it looks. Um, I don't know if I have to disclose uh, a uh, Hillary bet for the general election, but I would say that currently there is a very superficial uh, level of polling that takes at face value Sanders supporters who are acting irreconcilable. They're not irreconcilable. They can reconcile with Hillary and the vast majority of them will. It's funny to think anyone who supports Bernie Sanders, right? Ignore how you feel about Hillary Clinton. But if you support Bernie Sanders, Donald Trump is literally the evil mirror image of that. And it's funny to think, oh, yeah, I support Bernie Sanders, but if he's not the nominee, I won't vote or I'm going to go vote for Donald Trump because I hate Hillary so much. It's just strange to me. You could reconcile that. Let me accuse that point of something that I'm really pointing a finger at myself at, too, which is you're speaking like a public policy consumer. Mm -hmm. And these are people who are back to fingers, are sticking their finger up at the establishment or at the political uh, uh, class. And so uh, what they're screaming is different, but what they're screaming is incoherent anyway. So maybe they're happy to switch. Very true. Uh, You and I, we, we share all the same thoughts. I think Donald Trump is borderline unelectable. I think Hillary will 
beat him pretty easily in the race, but so far we've been wrong on everything when it comes mm-hmm. to Donald Trump. Uh, let's see. Any Anything else you want to say here? Uh, I would uh, just to kick him in the shins once before we let him go. Do we have 30 seconds <laughs> for it? Um, I would say that uh, he has not signed the giving pledge uh, because he has not been asked to sign the giving pledge because the giving pledge is... For uh, billionaires uh, only. Is, 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 uh, <laughs> it requires that you uh, give away more than half of your wealth. He's given away, I think, well, well less than 1% of his uh, small and calculable wealth, which is well less than a billion dollars. $10 billion is not his net worth. It is his self-worth. Well, um, uh, you know, he may not be a billionaire now, but if he is elected president, I am positive he'll be a billionaire by the end of it. I, I think I think Vladimir Putin is the wealthiest man in the world. Yep. Uh, by my calculation, uh, I believe that uh, that Trump will have similar wealth uh, with a similar route <laughs> if he gets where he wants to be. Perfect. I think that's a great place to end it. So that's all the time we have for today. Before we hit our disclosures, just a quick reminder: if you like this pod- podcast. Please be sure to follow and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, or Audio Boom. If you have any feedback for us, please feel free to email it to us at podcast at rangelycapital.com. Disclosures, none for me. And Chris, I think we mentioned it during the podcast. Yes. You are long, Tribune, soon to be Tronk, or hopefully soon to be acquired by Gannett, but probably Tronk. Sound good? Very good. Talk to you guys soon. Bye.